happy birthday, Relentless Church. Not just happy birthday, happy sixth birthday. And like many of you over the last few months, we're having our Corona COVID birthday. It's not exactly the same, but you, you don't skip your birthday, right? And we are six years old. Some of you recognize where I am today. Uh, we wanted to be here uh, at, at the movie theater where we started. Um, and let me say this right off the top. If, if you're one of those that, you know, we've got people, this is how good God is. We've got people that are part, like they're in on Relentless Church, and I've never met them. And they've never met any of you, like, face-to-face, because they found Relentless through online church during this pandemic. So we got that group. And then we got a whole other group that's a bigger group that knows Relentless and has been a part of Relentless at 1540 Mechanical, but they never knew Relentless, the movie theater version. Um, and I want all of you to, to know you're a part of this, right? We're, we don't play any of that, you know, the, the, the real, you know, the, the beginning, the pioneers. No, we're all in this together. So whether you've been with us a week or you were there on 9-14-14, that was our launch day, September 14th, 2014, right here at Crossroads Regal Theater. And and it's a spiritual act of worship, right? We've learned that. It is a spiritual act of worship to remember. So whether you were here or not, not not a big deal. What is a big deal is that collectively, we would believe that we're all part of what God's doing and that we would together remember what God did, what he has done, what he is doing. So, man, I can so easily go back to that day, 9, 14, 14. I can remember not as much the first week as the second week. See, in, in church planning, when you plant a church from scratch like we did, the first Sunday, everybody comes, you know, all your friends and family. We had tons of people from Winston-Salem, where I grew up. Um, we had people from out of state. We had people from a church in Cincinnati and from Kentucky, people that had helped support us. And we just had a ton of people come to wish us well on our first day, 9-14-14. But really, the church starts the second week, right? That's when you see who comes back and everybody goes back to where they're from. And I can remember uh, on 9-21, September 21st, our second week, I can remember standing down at the end of that hallway looking out the window at the parking lot a few minutes before 10 a.m. with one service at the time, and we were about to start, and there just weren't many cars in the parking lot. That second Sunday, we had 82 people. That's babies and kids and family. Like, that's every human being that we could find. We had 82 people, and it, was, it had been a tough summer. We, my mom was diagnosed with cancer you know, the day after Mother's Day, May of 2014, and I thought, man, I don't even know if we can launch in September. I don't know if I can have what it takes, and it was a, it was a hard summer. We had a beautiful team, uh, but it was a small team, and we just decided, you know what, we're going to stick with 9-14-14 and, and really get to that second week. And whatever we have, we have, but we're going to start and trust God to build from there. And I was younger then. I was um, you know, nervous, uh, but I was so excited, feeling like uh, God had really prepared me and my wife, uh, who was a full invested partner. I could not have done and I cannot do what I do without Kelly and our kids have been amazing as we've seen them grow up in the last 
six years. And we launched that day and really launched the next week. And week two, I can remember being right here in the lobby and just thinking, it's so awkward because it was so quiet, right? There was just not a lot of conversation because we didn't know each other. We didn't, we didn't have relationships. We didn't have uh, stories. We didn't have history. We didn't have issues and hard things and beautiful things that we had prayed and walked through. We didn't have any of that. We were a brand spanking new church trying to figure it out. But what we did have from the very beginning is a vision from God, not from me, but a vision from God that we would be a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. Now, let's be real. We, we, weren't, we weren't that multi-ethnic on that opening day six years ago, but we knew that's what God called us to be, and we just continued to step into that. He continued to bless. And the way He blessed... More more than anything else, as we look back six years, we had a vision and we had a plan and we had excitement. But what we didn't have is people. And if you understand what a church is, it's not a building, right? It's not a place. It's not a location. It is a gathering. It is the body. It is people. That's what makes a church. And God has been so good and so faithful. And the way, and there's many ways, but the the way he's shown that goodness and faithfulness way back six years ago, right on through, is to bring us amazing, beautiful, servant-minded people. He's brought us, many of you that are watching this today, he's brought us long shots that had no idea that the gospel could change your life. He brought us people that had already been affected and moved by the gospel and just through a postcard or through a conversation or through a hundred different ways, he brought us people. And once we started to see people come and, and get involved, then the church started to become what God called it to be. I, I'm so thankful. I'm so eternally thankful to God, but also to you. If you ever carried stuff in, speakers. You know, we had a load-in crew that was here at, in the early days, 6 a.m., uh, then it was 6.30, sometimes 7. But, but people were leaving when it was still dark at home on Sunday morning every single week, right, for five years to get us set up, to get every. And then after service, another team or sometimes the same team would take all of that down. If you've ever helped with load-in, if you've ever helped with guest services, standing at the front of the theater, Welcoming people that may be coming for a movie, maybe coming from church, right? We know there's some people that said they were coming for church and didn't pay, and then we watched a free movie. Hey, that's on them. That's between them and God. If you ever held a kid um, in the nursery, a baby in the nursery, uh, we loved the theater for church when we started. It, it was challenging for our elementary ministry. If you ever helped in guest services or kids or worship or tech or load in or load out, if you ever gave a dollar, to Relentless Church. Now we are so thankful for you and you are an expression of God's faithfulness to us. You know, in these six years, we've been blessed to baptize 76 people. 76 people. I can remember right down that hallway, the first conversation 
I had about a decision to follow Jesus, and which eventually turned into the baptism of, of Matt Wagner and now 75 other beautiful folks. And it's not just our baptisms, right? It's, it's life change. It's, as a church, we are closer to Jesus and closer to each other than we've ever been. And we've begun to do what we said we we're going to do all along. It just took us a while to start to make an impact. Right? We're, we're in Honduras. We, we were led to this one city, La Ceiba, Honduras, and we have adopted a, a village and 58 kids, 58 kids in Honduras are every month are, are blessed with, with education, health care, and most importantly, they hear and receive the gospel through your financial and prayer, spiritual support. We sent our first team to Honduras last year. We'll send another team as soon as they'll let us. Like that all is part of what God is doing in and through us. And now we're starting to really get going on our local impact that our city and the greater Wake County area, it has to be affected if Jesus' people are alive and active. And when you give money, you need to know you're, you're, you're standing beside ministries like Lost Sheep that reaches out to the homeless population of Raleigh. You're standing with Hand of Hope Pregnancy Center and, and our newest partner uh, with, uh, with Love from Jesus that feeds and clothes so many hurting, disadvantaged people in our area. It's just a, a mile or two from our building, and, and that's a ministry where we're really trying to get people not just to give but to really be involved. We're, we're looking for families or individuals that'll say, hey, I can give a Saturday a year Go to our website. All the information is there. But if you'd be willing to serve for a Saturday a year, we didn't come to have a church or to survive. We came to make a difference and to touch lives and to be Jesus to our community. And he has been so faithful in helping us every step of the way. There, there came a day where we were outgrowing this theater. We were doing two services. We, we had nowhere else to go. And I didn't know what to do, and it was some stress in that. The theater, Regal Theater, who had a whole church division, had changed ownership. The new owners were starting to change some things. It was going to be a little more difficult in our contract. We didn't know what to do, and God, God led us straight to 1540 Mechanical. He, he brought Stephen and Karen Scoggins into the theater to have a conversation about, hey, maybe God's doing something, and he was. So in January of 2019... Uh, we moved from here to the building where we currently meet, and he's just been incredibly faithful. E even this year in the pandemic in 2020 and all that it is, I don't say this to pat ourselves on the back, but just to praise God. This has, this, we're on track in 2020 financially. This is, I'm not even going to say on track. We're, this is going to be our best year ever of financial giving in Relentless Church history. So far through September 20th, we're ahead of where we were any other year with everything else that's going on. How do you explain that? Only one way. God is faithful. So from our very humble beginnings in a movie theater, not knowing how, but knowing that God, when he says something, man, you can believe it. We are proof of that relentless church. Let's remember that every day of our lives. Let's remember that in prayer. Let's remember that with our lives. Let's remember it right now in song that Jesus, he's a man. We can trust him when he says it. Man, believe it.
because he always comes through. Happy birthday, Relentless. Let's worship. Well, here we are. Happy birthday, Relentless. It may be, I don't know, I'm, I'm here in our theater, right? If you remember back in the day, it was all the way down the hall. Last one on the left, Theater 7. And traditionally on our birthday, man, we celebrate. We did some fun stuff out in the parking lot. We've done different things, different years. And this year, thanks to Corona, it's just me and a cake, right? Some of you, you you've had Corona birthdays. You know it's a little different. So, you know, better something than nothing. And here's, here's what I want to talk about. I can't hold this and preach the whole time. Here's what I want you to, to go with me to think about together today on our sixth birthday. God has a plan, right? Do you believe that? Do you know that? Do you ever just think about God being not this uninvolved, distant, no, he's got a plan. He's involved and connected and aware, right? But that, that belief gets challenged, right? 2020, right? Like, I'm sure somebody would naturally say, wait, is all this, right? The corona and the school and the financial and the racial and the political and everything that 2020 has brought, was, was that all part of, is that all God's plan? Like, because if it is, it's no offense, God, but it's, it's kind of a messed up plan. Well, here, let me, let me help us today. This is really, really important. This trips up a lot of people, good people, smart people, but, but they've never maybe thought through it this way. So there's a thousand ways that we could talk and think about God's plan and God's will. But I, I, wanna, I want us to think about it in two buckets today, all right? Two kinds of God's plan or God's will. The first is this God's will or God's plan that it's gonna happen, right? That's one. The other is God wants it to happen, right? Here's the difference. The, the first is, this is stuff like God breathing, you know, life and, and creation. This is, you know, God calling a shot and saying through Abraham, every ethnicity, every race will be blessed, which was a prophecy about the coming Messiah. This is God sending Jesus from heaven into the world in a human body. Jesus living a sinless, perfect life, dying for our sins, raising from the dead. That's all part of God's plan that's gonna happen. It doesn't need us. It didn't, there was no vote, right? We were, we were blessed by it and we were a part of it in a way, but God was gonna do that, right? And then he said he was gonna work in this world through his body, the body of Jesus, which we know as the church. Like that's part of this first bucket, the return of Jesus, right? That hasn't happened yet. That God's gonna do that, right? He doesn't need our help or even our involvement. The scripture says that every knee is gonna bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's all stuff that it is God's plan and there is not one thing any human can do about it. It's gonna happen. You can't stop it, right? That's God's plan. Then there's this other bucket and this is stuff that God wants to happen, but he involves us in it happening, right? And, and, and naturally, we, we've been asking the question for centuries of, hey, man, how can all this horrible stuff happen? How is the suffering and the pain of the world, how can that 
happen, right? And if there's a loving God, how can that happen? And here's how. You got to understand these two different buckets. One, God said, this is going to happen, right? This is, no one can stop Jesus from coming and saving and dying and raising all that. And then there's this other bucket that is dependent and interconnected with our choices. See, God did not want robots. What he wanted was children, but he wanted children that trust him and robots cannot trust or choose. So there's some things that are God's plan and God's will and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And then there's this whole other part of life that God has a will. He wants this to happen, but he doesn't force it. Instead, he invites us to choose and trust him in our daily lives. And he invites us to partner with him in accomplishing his will. Right? This is huge because if you don't know that and you're just assuming everything that happens in the world, you hear people say that everything happens for a reason. And that's true technically, but a lot of times the reason that something happened is not because God willed it, but because people made horrible choices. Right now, the beautiful thing about God is he can work through our worst choices. Like he can work through our disobedience. He really is a relentless God. He keeps coming with his love and his grace and his mercy and and he'll keep chasing us. So he can work through the worst that we are, the worst that we do. But when we say everything happens for a reason, sometimes we imply, we help people believe that everything that happens to you, God wanted to happen to you. That's not true. God has a will. There's one part of his will nobody can do anything about, but there's another in the daily life that he allows our choices to affect. We can choose what he wants or we cannot choose what he wants. And you see this, man, time and time in scripture. There's from the very beginning in Genesis, we we looked, we preached through the whole story of Joseph a a few years ago. And and the end of that, most powerful verse perhaps in all of Genesis is where it says, because Joseph went through all these horrible things and it says, what was meant for evil, God used for good. So he can use anything. He's always working no matter what's going on. But there's verses like Ephesians 5. It It says this, it says, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Right? It connects the foolishness. A fool, it says in his heart, there is no God. A fool does things his own way. Don't be foolish. What's the opposite of foolishness? Understanding what God wants or God wills or what God's plan is. Right? So foolishness isn't always these awful, horrible things. Foolish is often just doing what we want. And that is often in opposition to what the will or plan of God is. So if it wasn't a choice, then he wouldn't tell us, hey, don't be foolish. Instead, understand what the Lord's will is. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, man, I'm into Jesus. I'm, I'm a Christian or I'm thinking about becoming a Christian, but man, I do not want to live a life where I never get to do what I want. Here's the beautiful thing. As God changes us, he changes what we want. So actually, as you follow Jesus, what you want will become more of what he wants for you. It's not you know, always is part of it is denying yourself, right? But it is true and real that what you will start to have passion for is what God puts into you. And those things will be aligned and not in opposition. There's a, there's a verse that I've um, prayed many times. It's in Acts 13. It's talking about King David, who was not a perfect man. He was a long shot. Right, But it says that he was a man after God's own heart. And here's what God called him in in one point. He says, a man who will do all of my will. I pray that for Relentless Church. 
I pray that for me. God, I want to be, I want to be a man who does all of your will, right? Because we have choices and we can do my will or we can do his will. And the life that is full of joy and purpose is doing his will. There's this verse in Colossians. I've been praying for, so for some of you uh, just here recently and it, it got my attention because it's Paul, right? Paul, right? The godfather of church planning, all that he is. And, and he's writing to this church who's struggling. He says, listen, every time I never stop praying. He's relentless. I never stop praying for you. And I just was leaning in as I'm studying this. I'm like, okay, what did Paul pray for the church? Because I'm praying for the church. I want to pray. And here's what he prayed. He said, I never stop praying that, that you will continually be filled with the knowledge of his will that you'll continually be filled, right? So if it was just, hey, whatever happens, happens for a reason, because sometimes when we say whatever happens, happens for a reason, what we mean is we can't stop it, we can't do anything about it, we're kind of helpless in it, right? And in a way, God's gonna do what he wants to do, but in another way, he is partnering with us and he has all these scriptures that say, hey, understand and do and carry out my will and we're supposed to pray for each other that we would be filled with knowing what his will is, right? There's no reason to pray that unless it, it matters, unless we can be not filled, meaning we don't know what his will is. Therefore, we can't do God's plan. We can't do what God wants because we don't know what it is, right? We've preached Romans 12 too before. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, right? And some pattern of this world can be evil stuff, but it can also just be doing you, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be changed. How? By the renewing of your mind, right? We started 2020 with a series about renewing of your mind. Little did we know how bad we would need to know how to renew our mind in 2020. Don't be conformed, no, change, be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. What's the rest of the verse? Then, not automatically, you don't wake up and know God's will. By the renewing of your mind in relationship and intimacy with God, then you will know what God's will is. What does it say? His good, pleasing, perfect will. So we have these buckets. One is God's plan, there's nothing like he doesn't even need us. He's gonna do, he's gonna save us. He's gonna get his glory. He's gonna work through his church. There's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. That is happening, no doubt about it. It is God's plan. And then there's this other bucket and this is God's will. And this is in scripture, but a lot of times like there's no scripture about what to do this week specifically, right? There's no details to your life. Well, how do I know what God wants me to do with my life? It comes through, the Spirit of God, right? Scripture and Spirit, they never disagree. They always work together. And they let us know what God's specific plan is for your life. Isn't that, does that blow your mind that there's a God who's all-powerful, knows everything, who knows what your mind is thinking right now? He knows everything that you are and everything. You can't hide your mind from him because he created it. Like he sees into your mind right now, not some Jedi trick, but like that's who he is. And he knows everything you've done or thought and he loves you. And he has a plan. He has a specific individual plan for you. He has a will for your life. Does that not blow your mind? Does that not get you excited? We've got to trust God with his plan for our life. Some of us have trusted God, or we say we trusted God for salvation, meaning to get saved, right? We trust him for salvation, but not our vocation, right? Not our, not our, 
or, or vacation or, or any kind of investigation, whatever. Like trust him in the day to day. He has a plan not just to save you, not just to rescue you, but to adopt you into his family and to guide you. And here's the beautiful thing. His plan for you is not disconnected to his plan for us as a church, right? This is, we're still in unprecedented times in the unprecedented series. Unprecedented today, never seen. What, what, what are we talking about? Never seen. We've never been six before. Relentless Church, this is the first time ever we've been six. We're unprecedented. And there's a lot of churches and, and there are partners and we're not in competition like brothers and sisters, but this, we're the only relentless church that is gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement, that's meeting at 1540 Mechanical, that used to meet at the theater, that's six years old today. And your story and God's plan for you intersects and connects to his plan for Relentless Church. You're like, well, does God really have a plan for specific churches? Yes, right? We have this whole chapter in Revelation 2, the last book in the New Testament. And it's Jesus speaking to churches, there were real churches in, in, in the Middle East, in the modern day Turkey, and there's seven churches with real people, with real issues, with real messed up problems. And Jesus talks to each of them and he doesn't say the same thing because he has a plan that's for everybody and it's going to happen. And then he has tailor-made, individualized plans for people, for families, and for churches. He talks about strengths and weaknesses, probably the most powerful thing in all that he says to all seven of these churches it's something he says to the church in Ephesus when he says, listen, you guys are doing this well. I appreciate this. That's, that's going well. But listen, don't forget your first love. Don't, don't, don't forget where you came from. I just thought that was beautiful and perfect for us today. Six years old. We're not 60, right? We're six years old, but we were founded on the power of the gospel, the incredible news of our rescue and adoption, the love of God demonstrated through Jesus that is transforming us and renewing us day by day. And God has a plan for Relentless Church. Part of that we know because it's the same for every church of Jesus. And then part of that is just for us. And I don't know it, right? He doesn't give it to me in advance all the time or often. It just knows that we just keep trusting him and keep staying close and staying tight to him and seeing what do you want us to do? Isn't that a wonderful way to live this week? God, you have a plan. I want to do your will, but I got to know your will. And to know your will, I got to stay tight with you. And then I just trust you in the moment. And we're all trying to do his will together, collectively, individually. And we become the church that God planned for us to be when he called us into existence. We are one of a kind. Right? We're the only us. And if you're with us or thinking about with us, man, it's not built on any human wisdom or any human gift. It is built on the power of Jesus demonstrated in the gospel. You know, one of the, one of the phrases that kind of drives me nuts is this about the cake that you saw earlier. People say, hey, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. That's a slang, right? And, and what it means is, you can't have your cake and eat it too because once you eat it, you no longer have it, right? And I see that spiritually. Like we planted a church because there are hundreds of thousands of people 
They know about the cake, right? I, I have a cake right here. You can't see it, but it's here. And some of you on a test, if I asked you, do you believe that there's a cake beside me right now? And you would say, yes, I believe it's there. I saw it earlier. So you have cake, right? But just a belief, just a yes, there is a God. Well, what does that do, right? You can see it, but you can't taste it. Right, this whole idea that God has a plan, some of you will sign off on that. Yeah, God has a plan. He's working. He's alive. I guess he loves me, whatever. But you, but you don't know about his individual plan that's just for you. You don't know what he put in you that he wants to bring alive for his glory, for his church, for his good. You don't know that the most satisfying life you could possibly live is living in the will of your great God. I want you and God wants you not just to have your cake, but to taste it, right? Because when you taste it, it's yours, right? You're not taking anybody else's word for it, right? And for six years, we've seen not just that there is a God, but that there is a God with a plan, a plan for your life and a plan for relentless church. And once you taste it, man, you don't argue with people about, is there a God? Now, you, you, you've tasted it. You know what it is. And this God of ours, this relentless God, man, he celebrates today with us six years of him working in us and through us. And he invites all of us to our best days ahead. He invites all of us into his plan. What is it? What's he going to do next? I don't know, right? Everything that I dreamed in a matter like he saw, he always, he always does better than what we can dream or imagine. But here's the difference with him. And the cake analogy, right? When you eat the cake, it's gone. That's why you can't have your cake and eat it too. Except with God, there is an unlimited supply. We're never gonna run out of his grace. We're never gonna run out of his love or his mercy. We can have our cake and we can eat it and taste it every day and come back and it'll be there waiting for us again. I am so excited about God's plan for your life and God's plan for relentless church. Father, we thank you and praise you for having a plan and for it being real and for having some things that nobody can stop and some other things that you want to happen, but you invite us into a partnership of faith with you. God, that's the life, that's the church that we want to be. Give us strength and wisdom to be that. And we pray your blessing and favor on the year to come. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Happy birthday. Relentless Church.